Hey guys, and welcome to The Messy Table, an ordinary space for real women, imperfect stories, and the God who's at work in our mess. I'm your host, Jen Jewell, and I've got some friends joining me today for episode number 31. Amy Groeschel is here co-hosting with me as we chat with the lovely Lainey Travis. If you didn't already know, this podcast airs every other week and is partnered with our church, Life Church, and our women's ministry called Sisters. And we have an awesome announcement today. So many of you loved and shared part one of our reading plan that the Messy Table Bible Plan Part 2 is now up and live and free on the YouVersion Bible app. You can engage with these powerful stories and scriptures by yourself on your own time, or you can invite friends to join you with the Plans with Friends feature where you can actually share thoughts and encouragement with each other within that day's content. It's so cool. So there's your heads up. We'd love for you to join us as we read the Bible together. All right, guys, I always want to be honest with you. This episode is particularly messy, especially behind the scenes, because I had big plans to record with these lovely ladies in person. But then both of my kids came down with the terrible, horrible, no good, very bad stomach bug overnight. And I was also getting over something similar. So during this recording, which we knew would come out Mother's Day week, I'm literally leaning against a pillow on the floor of my closet, calling in to record right after scrubbing throw up out of the carpet in another room. I know it's so lovely. Just living out the ideal representation of what we go through as moms. Sometimes we're taking care of sick kids all the while trying to hold life together and still do what we feel called to do. So I wanted to tell you that just for the sake of keeping it real. And as I said, Mother's Day was this past Sunday and we got to celebrate the mamas of the world. But if we're being truthful, a lot of moms and maybe some of you on their quote unquote special day We're still feeding people and getting people dressed and ordering people to pick up their underwear and wiping countertops and little bottoms and all the things. So this is a post-Mother's Day special in which we take a deep breath. Maybe grab your favorite coffee drink or go for a walk or lock yourself in the bathroom if you have to. By the way, when I say moms, I mean all moms. Whether you're a biological mom, adoptive mom, foster mom, whether you have babies on this earth or babies in heaven, Maybe you desire to have a child so badly and you're already a mom in your heart, but that sweet baby isn't quite in your arms yet. Whether you're a brand new mom or a seasoned mom or a mom-to-be, or maybe you're not technically a mom, but you help mentor and mother others in your life. Hey, we salute you, we raise our coffee mug to you, and we pray that you get to listen to this episode at least somewhat uninterrupted. Well, our guest today, the adorable Lainey Travis, is a mom to four. She leads Bible studies and writes content for Bible reading plans. But that doesn't mean she hasn't gone head to head with her greatest enemy, fear. I think a lot of us can relate to being afraid, afraid of what could happen, or maybe even scared of what could happen again. Lainey was literally paralyzed with fear for a period of time. Yet God has taught her so much about trusting Him and overcoming that fear over the years. You guys, you're gonna love this conversation. Lainey's so real, so funny, and so easy to listen to. So grab your coffee, pull up a chair, and join us at the messy table. Hi, Lainey. Hey, how are you girls? We're awesome. We're so glad to have you on the podcast today. Woohoo! Lainey Travis is with Jen Jewell and I today. It's just cool, even her name, isn't it? It sounds like she's a country western singer. <laughs> a movie Lainey star. Lainey Travis. Yes. I know I couldn't name a kid Randy. Randy Travis. It's <laughs> funny. And my middle name's Carol. I have to put that in. Lainey Carol Travis. <laughs> it just sounds so country. 
<laughs> that is even better. Oh, I love it's it. Even better. Lainey Carol Travis. She's one of a kind. She's so real. She's so fun. You're going to love getting to know her today. Lainey and I go back almost 20 years. She was 18. I was like 28. Her family started coming to Life Church, and I got to know her mom and dad as friends because, you know, we were the big 28-year-old adults, <laughs> and she she was just just graduating, and so she was just the kid, but it's been awesome over these last 19, 20 years of Lainey the adult and getting to become her friend as well. So Lainey, tell us about who you are and things that would help us to know you better, uh, things you love, maybe a pet peeve, anything you want to share. Okay, well, first of all, I just want to say thank you, Jen and Amy, for interviewing me and having me on today. I've never done a podcast, so this is a new adventure for me, and I'm excited, and I feel honored to be here. So thank you girls so much. And Amy and Craig have been sort of like mentors to my husband, Reese, and I, because we've known them for so long and um, have been under the leadership of Craig with the church and just personally knowing them, and they are everything they say they are, and their family is amazing. And so we're just honored to um, be their friends and know them personally as well. So it's just Mm -hmm. fun to get to be here with you guys. So well, first and foremost about me, I kind of did a little checklist and that's sort of my personality. Um, I am a Christ follower. Jesus is the center of my life and I grew up in a Christian home. So I became a believer probably around the age of 10 and I grew up in church and I grew up going to Canacook and I did Bible studies. So my parents and my upbringing have had a huge impact on the direction of my spiritual life. And I'm just so thankful for that foundation. And I'm, Reese and I want to carry that on to our children as well. Second, I'm a wife and I've been married to Reese for, it'll be 14 years in May. Mm-hmm. And I'm just married to my best friend and the love of my life. God has just given him to me and designed him for me and me for him. And we just talk about how we've grown so much through the ups and downs of marriage and growing and intimacy and in our friendship and in wisdom and, and just everything. So it's such a journey. Marriage is such a journey and it's, it's been amazing. And we're at a really fun season right now. We have four beautiful kids and we are just crazy about each one. And they are all just uniquely gifted and different And um, it's just been such an adventure parenting them. So I have two boys and two girls, and it goes in the order boy, girl, girl, boy. And my oldest, Barrett, is 11, and he will be 12 in May. So we're just almost, he's in middle school, so we're just kind of almost to those teen years, and it's crazy. And my daughter, Sloan, is 10. My other daughter, Sylvie, is 8. And Boone, my our baby, Boone turned seven last week, and I turned 38 last week, so we had a big week of birthdays. Anyway, we're just, it's just really fun, and I have a unique situation. I mentioned this to Jen earlier. I'm the oldest in my biological family of three girls, and I have two younger sisters, and my um, middle sister lives in Denver, and she's a total, we're all completely different personalities, but she's a total Colorado girl, just granola and does the oils <laughs> and gardening and yoga and just everything. And she just had her second baby and is married. And I was talking to her this morning and she's just like exhausted because her baby's two weeks old. They're, her baby's names are Willow and Rain and they're my nieces. And my youngest sister, Bailey, is seven years younger than me. And it's really kind of funny because my whole life, we were never in the same world because she was so much younger. But in our adult years, we are totally in the same world because she got married pretty young to Kevin when she was 20 and my brother-in-law, and they have five kids and we share a backyard. So she built a house (laughs) right behind us. I love that. We have a gate 
splitting up our yards. And so everyone's like, gosh, you have such a big family of four kids. But really, I, I'm like, really, no, we have nine kids because <laughs> they live at my house and my kids live at her house and they're constantly back and forth all the time. So our house is just nuts all the time. And it comes with like, there's so much more joy than there are challenges, but but it's kind of challenging too, because I'm trying to make dinner and they're all at the lambs. Her <laughs> last name's Lamb. And I'm trying to make dinner and she's going, hey, get my kids over here. It's just hard to separate them because they're growing up with their cousins. That's so fun though. And it's just, it's really fun. So all best um, buddies. They're best buddies and they fight like siblings and it's one crazy mess. In fact, our, we have a handyman named CJ and He's a fireman, but he does handiwork on the side. And he's like, he nicknamed our family the Sledgehammers because he <laughs> comes to my house. I mean, he was there yesterday. My knobs fell off my drawers, so I can't even open my drawers. He's just like, what are you doing here? Like, what is happening at your house? I'm like, I can't control it, but we live in every inch of our house and it's falling apart. I mean, literally my kids took the little, you hang your towels on those towel hangers. They were hanging on him, ripped him out of the wall, all of my wallpapers out. <laughs> It's like these conversations you never think you're going to have. I'm like, why are you hanging on those? They're for the towels. Get off there. So we're just kind of nuts. Wait, your family photo, you look perfect. What's the deal? Oh, well, it's for about, hey, we're bribing everybody to smile. I'm like, I'll buy you Legos. Just stand over here. (laughs) Smile for the camera. So we're just kind of crazy all the time, but it's fun. And we live in a neighborhood with lots of kids. So our house, I want it to be the house with all the kids and I want it to be kid friendly and I want to live in it. But, um, and I'm also very orderly, so I just have to kind of let go of that a lot and Ugh. just do yeah, my best. those things don't mix. They just don't mix. And I mean, I'm always kind of going, okay, let that go. Or, you know, and my girls are into making slime. So my kitchen's just <laughs> slime central. And in fact, one of my daughters, Sloan, is, she's like a homemaker type. And she, yesterday, she made me a list. It's by my computer today to get her stuff. She wants to make homemade candles. And put the little scented oils in them. And I'm like, okay. So she's just kind of a little nester. <laughs> so funny. So they're just all different. And I'm just in that season right now. Some things I love. You asked me some things I love or some pet peeves. Um, just to know more about me, I love order and structure. I'm a very routine-oriented person. I love to take walks. My husband and I walk all the time. It's like our little, we're just getting to our kids are old enough where we can walk around the block and say, hey, just text us from your iPad. They don't have phones yet, but text us from your iPad if, you, if there's an emergency. And we just take walks a lot on Sundays. And I'm a big reader. I grew up reading. It's just like an escape for me. And it's kind of how I wind down. So I love to read. I love romantic chick flick movies. It drives my husband crazy because he likes all the murder mysteries and, you all know, the just the typical guy stuff. Yeah. <laughs> yes. And I'm like, can we just watch a love story? I think I see the world through a relational lens. I love um, my girlfriends. I love relationships. I love connecting with people. And I want to know them. And I want them to know me. And so I love doing life in community. Mm -hmm. Like if I go too long and I'm not with a group of friends or or with people or connecting, like I'll feel sad. (laughs) You know, Mm -hmm. I like like every, my husband teases me because every holiday, I feel like I kind of get the blues a little bit, like when I'm out of my routine, because I normally go to lunch with my girlfriends or I have Bible study or some sort of community. And I'm like, I feel like I don't have any friends. He's like, you're in your holiday blues and you need to bounce back. Next week, you'll see everyone. I'm like, okay, okay. So I'm just relational and I love to laugh and I love telling funny stories and just kind of a little about me. We're, I'm, we're big on traditions and we do the certain chocolate chip birthday cake for every birthday. We take certain trips. We go to the lake every Christmas. And so I just love having things that um, we can look forward to. 
Okay, so you have four kids in five years. Is that right? Totally, yes. Four kids, five years. That's a lot. It's a lot. How did you squeeze everybody in and you don't even have twins? I don't have twins. So we knew we wanted at least three. Reese is the baby and I'm the oldest and we both came from families of three and we're both really close with our families. So we wanted a big family, but we didn't know if we were going to do four. But what happened was I would, I got pregnant and I nursed for like six to eight months with Barrett. And then um, right when I quit nursing, it was just like, boom, I just got pregnant again. I never got back on birth control. (laughs) Birth control kind of made me sick to my stomach when I first got married. And then I had to get my gallbladder out. And I don't know if I didn't do well with it. So I just never got back on it. And after, and that was sort of the pattern, I guess my body took, like I nursed for about six to eight months, had another one. And then they're, so they're all (laughs) about 22 months apart. And after Boone, Reese was like, we're done. You know, this is, we're drowning. Cause we really kind of were Yeah, like, we were just in over our heads at that point. But it was fun. But looking back, like talking to my sister today with her having a newborn, she said her husband woke up on the floor and she was up all night with her two-year-old now who decided she doesn't want to sleep. And I'm like, oh my gosh, we were laughing because those years for us are such a blur. Mm-hmm. I mean, Reese and I did not sleep for like five years and we did our best we could <laughs> to keep a routine. And But we would like watch The Office at two in the morning. I mean, I remember we were just like, what is our life? We are nuts. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but that's life in general. I know that we talked about we were planning on all getting together to meet, to have this conversation today. And I actually could not make it over to Oklahoma City because I have two sick kids at the time that we're recording this, which is no fun. So right now I'm actually sitting in my closet, hiding under clothes, recording this podcast. <laughs> and um, I got my kids settled like on the sheets, on the couch with their own little trash can. They'll be putting their fingers under case. the door here in a minute. Right. right. I put a movie on and I'm like, okay, stay. <laughs> so, you know, things don't <laughs> Stay always Stay here for an hour. Things don't always go as you plan, but that's okay. That's life. That's life with kids. It's like you make plans and then they just change and you're like, okay, here we go. Exactly. Plan B. Exactly. We are no longer in control. <laughs> totally. Okay. So I want to hear from both of you guys and you can tell us, Lainey, what your tips are. And then Amy, I'm sure you have some too. With large-ish families, do you have any like practical life hacks or tips that this helps us survive? I have a couple things that's like, I know that works for us. Reese and I, they all sleep in their own beds at night, which is a given. And that our time at night is so important to us. Like from 8.30 on, we just, that's our time to connect, to watch a Netflix, to catch up. So we just have them all go to bed at the same time. And even if they're not tired, like now they're a little older and so they can read. I'm like, go in your room, draw, read, do, you know, work, read a Bible story, whatever. Just stay in your room and this is mom and dad time because they all just want to come down. And, you know, there's like one of my friends told me there's like a three-day rule. So anything after three days becomes a habit. So like if someone's sick or they have a bad dream, of course we give grace. And we're like, you can come in our bed. But after like three nights, I'm like, okay, no, you got to go back to your bed. That's our time. That's That's our thing. And that's kind of the only sanity time you have because the rest of the day is kind of crazy. And I know when they were little, that nap time, that one o'clock nap time was huge for me. Just having that time, even if they just rested in their room, just an hour of downtime was huge. But that's something that we do. And we try to do a date night once a week. And it's never perfect. Sometimes it's just to walk around the block or we'll go to Sonic and back. But we'll just try to just do something to get out of the house and, and do something together for our marriage. And so those are, and I try to now cook dinner at least three nights a week. And it's like I say cook and maybe just tearing up rotisserie chicken and having some green beans and fruit or something. I mean, it's not like, I'm not like real extravagant mm-hmm. with meals, but we do try to eat at home and now with the so- now they're all in school and we're competing with soccer schedules and activities. 
uh, we may eat at 4.30 or we may eat at 8, but we just try to eat at home. <laughs> yeah, that's good. You know, I'm just flexible within it. Yeah. So those are kind of some tips that we do. Those are so good. I'm going to be a little more general and vague because my seasons have changed and it's like, oh yeah, the, the little kid world. And now I've got three teenagers at home, a college student, um, and two married daughters. So the seasons of mothering have and parenting has changed so drastically. But I would say over all the years, the advice I can give to parents is just to have grace for yourself, have grace for your children. And I think when we compare, we form decisions that aren't true. And really, I would call them myths. People compare our family to theirs and they'll look at us and go, oh, wow, you're a mom of six kids. You're a homeschooling mom. So the conclusion they often make is that sainthood, like just having many kids means somehow I'm a more holy mother or something when I might be a horrible mother. It might be the, the mom of one that is the amazing mother. So it doesn't matter how many kids we have. I always say every life is a huge responsibility. And honestly, on the practical side, it has so much to do with their temperament and the type of challenges that they can bring into the world as far as um, if they have any physical challenges or anything like that. And and so there's just the uniqueness to every life. And we can't compare and say, you know, your three has got to be harder than my one. Maybe your one is harder than my three for the circumstances. And so just not believing myths and comparing and thinking that because somebody else has the better family Christmas photo, (laughs) um, (laughs) that is just all lies and myths. It it really just comes down to following the calling that God has for your family. And in the day-to-day, having grace for your kids and then your kids a scene, you have grace for yourself. Because I know I fail every day as a mom in just in little ways. And I uh, could beat myself up, but I've got to model grace for myself so they don't beat themselves up when they make mistakes. And it's a good point. So it's like you're all in it together, and every mother looks different. You know, you may shop here, you may be a working mom, you may be a homeschool mom, your kids may do public schools, your kids may do private. It doesn't really matter. You're all a team learning from each other and growing in different ways, and God gave you those kids. That's right. So, yeah. I love that because sometimes we can compete with each other or or compare each other and God's going, you're in it together. Let's help each other and give each other ideas. And we need each other, you know, we need each other. We need each other and we can all learn from each other. So, yeah. And each kid communicates so different. Like I'm just learning right now with my kids. One of my daughters is kind of more guarded and I have to draw her out. And then another one is just more verbal, but it comes across angry or something. And so I'm learning, my friend gave me a tip. Why don't you journal with her? Like mm. ask her questions on a journal and that be between you and her. Cause my girls are always competing for attention. You know, mm. you're tucking her in longer. You've been in there five more minutes or whatever. <laughs> and then my boys just, my son Barrett is sporty. So I'm learning, he may want me to do something with him, like play basketball. And my youngest son loves building and Legos and focusing. And he doesn't really communicate that much. I've got to draw him out. So they're just so different, and it's hard to communicate. Finding how to communicate with them in different seasons is a challenge, too, you know? Yep. So, anyway. For sure. And here on the podcast, we often talk about how just life in general, before we get into any big topics, is messy. Right now, my house smells like throw up, and I need to deal with it, but I'm in the closet <laughs> recording a podcast because that's important. So, <laughs> but I want to know um, how have you seen God be at work in the mess in your life? 
something that's been a consistent in my life has been fear. And I'm just prone to fear. And it's even as a child, I don't know if it was just my disposition or my nature or I was more sensitive, but I just saw the world more fearful. So every time I would see the news or something, I would think, oh, I hope that doesn't happen to me. Oh, I hope I don't get that. It's like, you know, it's like I just had this this fear and it was real to me and it, it was irrational a lot of the time. And so I would talk about it and that helped me. I would tell my parents, I'm afraid of this, I'm afraid of that. And they were great to help me get through that. But I've just seen it sort of take on different forms in different areas of my life. And I can always trace the route back to a a fear Mm -hmm. of some sort. And so like I used to kind of get afraid I would be embarrassed. And I remember in college, I would wear a hat to class so no one would call on me. And it's like God always just like made me face the fear. So he, I remember being in this huge auditorium and the teacher is like, you in the hat. And I turned bright red (laughs) and here my fear came to life. And I was like, okay, well, he's like, look how red she is. And I was like, I'm so embarrassed, but I didn't die you know? And so it kind of like, he just pushed me through it. And then in control, like I've seen myself attempt to have control in certain areas. And it's like fear of being out of control and God's dealt with me in that. And then fear of failure, like not even really wanting to put myself out there. Cause what if I fail and fear of rejection, which is huge for me being so relational. So even for me stepping out in faith and leading a Bible study at my house, I was going to the worst case scenario, what if everyone rejects me? What if no one comes? And my husband's like, oh my gosh, I mean, you go to the worst fears. And God gave me somebody that doesn't even think in fear. Like that is just not his issue. So he always tells me, you can build a mountain of faith or you can build a mountain of fear. Mm -hmm. And right now you're building a mountain of fear. So why don't we just get back here and, you know, get back in the middle and let's go with faith. And so he helps me, but it's just funny, this running theme. And I've noticed too, the triggers, any transition. So anytime I'm kind of doing something new, you know, or have something coming up, I fight fear and I'm familiar with it now. And I know, I know my triggers and I know how to quote scripture and just take that thought captive or whatever, but it's still hard. Mm-hmm. And it really came to a head when I was pregnant with Barrett. And I, I want to that's my first son. And I don't know if it was because another little life was coming into the world and I was responsible for it or what stemmed it, but I really felt like I went through a time of oppression where it just like took me over. Like I'd always kind of struggled, but it just took me over Mm -hmm. and it could have even been hormone induced. I'm not sure, but I would meditate on scripture, but I just had these irrational fears. Like, what if I don't love him? Like, what if I'm this? What if I'm that? I mean, just horrible things would attack my mind. And then I would feel like the cycle of guilt and shame for even having these fears. And so for anyone who struggles with it, it's real when you're in it. And, um, I developed Bell's palsy and it's this weird condition where your face is paralyzed. And we laugh about it now because I mean, I, it looked so weird. Like I had to wear an eye patch when I would sleep because I couldn't blink. And I had it for about a month and I really feel like God was breaking this fear off of me. And it was almost, he didn't verbally say this, but I just felt this release. He was like, I'm going to physically paralyze you because you are letting fear paralyze you spiritually. Like you cannot move forward. You're stuck. Mm. And you can't move forward in life if you're going to be paralyzed in fear. And it was like it manifested on my face. Mm. And I felt, a li- even though I had it, I felt free. I can't even describe it. It was like, I'm like, I just remember laying in my bathtub and being like, I surrender. I surrender. Like, wow. I'm not in control. And wow. I, I don't even know why this is tormenting me so much, but it lifted. And then I had to deal with this Bell's palsy. And I didn't know if it would go away. And so how I got it, I was brushing my teeth. I was so pregnant. I was brushing my teeth in the water. Just, I was trying to swish the toothpaste and it kept like streaming down my face. And I was like, Reese, my, something's wrong with my face. And he was like, oh my gosh, you have Bell's palsy. 
<laughs> oh. I was like, what is that? And his boss had had it and had permanent nerve damage. Like his face was kind of like, you could tell it drooped. And I was like, oh my goodness. I mean, I was just devastated. And my tongue was numb. I mean, it was awful. And we tease about it now because at night I would try to kiss him goodnight. And I like, I mean, I couldn't even form a kiss. And so he was just awesome through that whole thing. And I was like, what if this is what I look like? I mean, will you still love me? He's like, yes, this is going to go away. I mean, I told you, he does not like think in fear. He's like, this Mm -hmm. is going to go away. You have worked yourself into a mess. You have been up worrying about who knows what. He doesn't even understand this, this mind of mine. And so, um, Anyway, I learned from that, you know, I learned from that. I've never had it again, but I will say anytime I get myself going, I can feel myself going, oh my gosh, here those thoughts come, here my anxiety comes, here it comes. Reese is like, you're going to get Bell's palsy again. And mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, that's right. I got to relax. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like a reminder to me though, in a weird way, like I'm not getting there. I am not going there. I think that visual image that you just described is Mm -hmm. really powerful um, because so many women struggle with fear. I struggle with it. And a lot of time it manifests in stress. Mm -hmm. And I know that we've talked to... I've actually been a little bit, maybe not surprised, but kind of surprised it as we've interviewed different women on this podcast, how many women stress and fear has manifested in a physical ailment like that. Mm-hmm. It's actually come up a lot to where how oh, weird. I had this going on and then I went to the you know ER and they think that it was caused by fear or stress or something like that. And so it's such a common thing. And um, I think more people deal with it than we even realize. So what has God taught you about that fear Well, I listened to a Joyce Meyer podcast one time and she said, just do it afraid. You know, it's like if you're feel the feeling and do it afraid. So whatever it is you're afraid of, you're afraid of having kids or you're afraid of getting married or you're afraid of that commitment or you're afraid of taking that job or you're afraid of stepping out in faith in this area, just do it afraid. It's not going to kill you. It's just a feeling Mm -hmm. and it's a lie. And I love in second Timothy one seven, God says, I have not given you a spirit of fear. I mean, it's a spirit and he's given us the Holy spirit. And he says, but of power of love and of a sound mind. And I just meditate on that. It starts in our minds. He Mm -hmm. renews our minds. He changes our minds. And as we get in his word, our minds become new. So just meditating on God's word, even when you don't feel it, believing it and um, doing it anyway. Whatever that thing that Satan has you so afraid of, there's something to be done there for God. There's ground you're getting ready to cover. Mm -hmm. So I know that now, and I see the pattern. You know, I was nervous to come here today to do this, but I was like, no, I'm not going there. I'm walking through this because I'm going to do it even if I'm nervous. I'm not going there. That's good. And I love um, another verse. I, I just wrote some verses down, Philippians 4, 6. Do not be anxious about anything, about anything, but in every situation by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and again, your minds in Christ. So our minds are so important. And I even remember as a child being afraid of my salvation. Like I would be afraid, what if I'm not really saved? What if I'm not really saved? And I remember also hearing a Beth Moore saying, if can stand for I fear. So we do that, what if, mm. you know, I fear, I fear, I fear. And they're the what ifs, and they're not true. And um, I remember my Aunt Judy, who's just like, has really been a um, prayer warrior, like just somebody I really admire in my life, a spiritual person in my life. She said, you know, that's a sin when I was little. I said, I don't know if I'm saved. I've asked God so many times. I just don't know if I'm saved. And she said, that's a sin because you're not trusting God. You're not trusting he's faithful. He says, if you believe in him and you call on his name, you are saved. So believe it and be free. And I remember just being like, okay, I didn't even think of it as a sin. I just sort of needed someone to just tell me 
So that's something, and I read this to my Bible study, and do you care if I read this to you? It's just a a quick little thing to recognize God's voice or evil's voice in your life, because sometimes we don't recognize it. Read it. And so I, I read this, and I shared it with the girls, but God leads you, evil pushes you. God stills you, evil rushes you. God reassures you, evil frightens you. God enlightens you, evil confuses you. God encourages you, evil discourages you. God comforts you, evil worries you. God calms you, and evil causes obsession. And I would see that with fear. God gives you conviction and says, rise up to who you are. But evil condemns you and puts shame on you. And I just loved that because sometimes you can read that and go, am I obsessing? Am I frightened? Am I confused? Okay, this isn't from God, mm. you know? And, and just mm-hmm. knowing who, mm-hmm. what God tells you, I think is huge. Right. So... So those are some tools that have helped me. Oh, man. Lainey, you've shared so many awesome truths. And I felt like, and maybe some of you that are listening did too, like I was supposed to raise my hand or I was raising my hand when she was saying, I was afraid of being embarrassed. I was, I'm afraid of being out of control or afraid of rejection. And I'm like, my hand's going up. Yes, <laughs> yes. That's me. I, I confess. I confess. <laughs> but then she get to this place of saying that you surrendered and that it's something that started in the mind, but then you had to give it over to God. We have to give these, these fears over to God so that He can set us free because they do paralyze. And um, I love what you shared. Um, where did you get that, what you read? I saw it on Instagram. And oh, I just took wonderful. a picture of it. And then I can back it up with scripture. And I didn't write all the scriptures, but I printed it out and gave yeah. it to my the girls because I thought sometimes we don't even know, like, obsession's not from God and worry's not from God. It's like you just, it's knowing the voices that you're listening to. Right. And I loved that. I thought it was awesome. But I love that you have that community where you're pouring into these women, these words of life, and they're pouring back into you. And so I would love just to talk a little bit about this Bible study that you kind of started that's, from what I hear, turned into a parking violation in your city. (laughs) (laughs) It didn't start as me going, I want to teach a Bible study or anything like that. I did BSF for years, uh, Bible study fellowship. I've just always been like a student of God's word. Like I love being in a Bible study. I have to be in it. Like just, I just have to, or else I'm off track. And so um, it just gives me so much life. And so doing Bible study fellowship really helped me. And when my kids are all starting school a couple of days a week, they asked me to do leadership, which is leading a little group of young moms and just facilitating questions. But I was driving to Bethany and I live in Oklahoma City because I didn't have one by my house. So I was driving like 25 minutes twice a week and kind of, and I was so nervous to do that. I mean, my hands were shaking, just leading the questions, but, um, I loved doing it and I grew in confidence. I did that. And I just started feeling on my heart at the end of the year. Gosh, I'm like pouring into these young girls and I love it, but I have so many rich relationships in my community in my neighborhood and at my school that I developed and just really precious friendships. And my kids go to a secular, secular school. So not everyone, everyone has different walks of life. And I was like, I wonder if I did a Bible study at my house and I just facilitated it kind of like I do here in a more casual setting because it's kind of a little more traditional that maybe women who wouldn't come to this would come to my house now that they know me. I don't know. It just was on my heart. So I finished there and then I called a lady named Cynthia Hefmeyer who my mom's friends with and I knew that was like a Bible teacher and she led a group in Edmond of young moms. So I thought, well, maybe she would do it in Oklahoma City too. So I called her 
and just kind of got feelers out. And I asked a couple of my close girlfriends and they said, we'll come. There was like 12 of us. And they were like, oh yeah, we'll come. We want to do it at a house. We don't have to drive so far. And it works with our schedules and blah, blah, blah. And so I guess this was not last year, the year before, Cynthia agreed to teach it. And she said, but I'm just going to do it for a short time. You know, and I said, okay, we'll just see how it goes. And she took us through Priscilla Schreier, Armor of God. And I'm telling you, I've been a Christian all my life, but I've never felt like an outpouring of God and a closeness to God and really miracles like I saw in that group. God like confirmed it to me a hundredfold. Like, and I really got the benefit of it because I opened my home and she would teach and it would be like chill about moments. And then she would leave and women would be, would stay after or share with me something privately in tears. And I was like, wow, God's like working here. You know, I just felt his presence every week. And so after a year, and then when she took us through second Peter, after that was finished. And after a year, I mean, I just got so much feedback. I, she just challenged me. Cynthia told me at the end, she goes, you know, I'm not going to come back and do this again because I just feel like I'm going to take care of some things health wise and God's calling me to some other areas. And, but you have such momentum and so many women are coming. I just think you should lead it. And I was like, well, I don't know because they were my friends and my peers and they didn't see me. And I didn't want to be like a know-it-all type, you know, (laughs) and be like teaching people. I just, I was like, I don't know. But the funny thing is I'd been praying about, Lord, what are my gifts and what, what do you want me to do? And at the end of the study, the last day before she said that to me, she looked at me and she's like, Lainey, you're a teacher. And I was like, oh, really? I don't know. But I would share each week (laughs) because I was so excited about what we were talking about. And I wanted everyone to hear it a certain way. And, you know, so I was kind of, I'm a talker anyways. And so um, she prayed over me and said, I just, I'm challenging you to do this. You're supposed to do this. These women are hungry. You're supposed to do this. And I was like, okay. And, but I didn't feel like a hundred percent sure. And I wanted to make sure it wasn't just her telling me and me being like, okay. So I would pray, Lord, if I'm supposed to do this, you're going to have to really like reveal it to me because I feel like I just want to make sure I'm not like taking this platform God hadn't given me or something, you know? So, um, I prayed about it and none of my friends even really knew what was going on or that she wasn't coming back. I just was really seeking God. And along the same time, I felt a nudge to do it. But this girl that I knew from Bible study fellowship, who I don't even know how she has my number. This has never happened to me, but she started randomly texting me like a word. And, um, I wrote the first one. She, I wrote it down just to share with you guys, because it was just like, I felt like she didn't know anything. She didn't know I had a Bible study at my house. She didn't know any of this was going on and the timing was impeccable. And I probably got like six or seven of these from her, but here's the, do you mind if I read the first one? Read it's really it. short. Yeah. Oh yeah. But she just said, I just got this one morning and around this time, may the Lord himself establish you in his highest and best purposes for you. May he open doors, move mountains and bring provision in the very near future. May he confirm your faith steps and energize your prayers. He is mighty, he is good, and he cares about every detail of your life. Dare to obey him and do what he says. He's making a way where there is no way. He loves you truly and deeply. Trust him today. And I was just like, whoa, you know? (laughs) And the making a way where there is no way, that line just stuck out to me. And I started, I'm not kidding you, I started seeing it everywhere. I started seeing it on billboards in front of churches. I would read a book, there it would be. Um, someone would say, here's an article to read. And that would, that line, God will make a way where there is no way it would be in the article. And I was like, I am just seeing this everywhere. What does this mean, God? I, fi- I decided, okay, I'm going to step through this. I'm going to do it. So I emailed, it, Cynthia emailed everybody and said, Lainey's going to do a Bible study and she's going to lead it. And I was like, you know, we may rotate teachers. She's like, no, you, you teach it. 
you teach it. It's not humility. It's insecurity. You teach it. Mm. And I was like, okay. Mm. And I said, okay. And so I, I was like, I'm going to do it. And I didn't know what to, what book to do. And I bought a bunch of Bible studies and I was sitting on the porch in that summer with my husband. And I opened up Lisa Turkhurst's Finding I Am that had just come out. And in the first part of the book, I kid you not, you can look in there and see it. It says, Jesus makes a way where there is no way. And I was like, mm-hmm. okay, I'm supposed to do this study. I mean, God spoon fed me. But the funny <laughs> thing is, is in my yes, over analytical doubting mind, I was like, you know, I just want to make sure I'm not being lazy and I'm going to go to Lifeway and buy a couple more Bible studies. I'm like really steady. And when I was checking out, the bag said, he is the way on the bag. And I was like, okay. I mean, I just, I shared that with the girls. Cause I was like, if you're here, God wants you here because he literally told me we're supposed to do this study. This is the group. So that's kind of how it got started. And now it's just evolved into this awesome thing where we would listen to an Alexa when Cynthia taught. And I asked Stephanie Cutter, who leads at Broadway Britain, um, praise and worship. I just went up, tried to know her. I was like, hey, Stephanie, would you ever be willing to lead praise and worship for a Bible study? And she was like, sure. So she brings um, another girl, Jessica. And then now I have a mom, Rachel, who is this awesome, great mom in our group that sings. And so we do a live song to just set the tone. One of my friends took over and does administrative stuff. And she's awesome at computers because I'm bad at computers. And then somebody brings coffee. And then one of my friend Drew like told everyone in town, she's like the best salesman. So she got so many people there from circles I would have never mm. known. And so it's just like, it's just thriving. And I feel like everyone's sort of finding a role. God made and, a way. Um, and mm-hmm. God made a way. Isn't Amen. that cool? So anyway, <laughs> sorry I'm being long-winded, but it's neat. It didn't like initially start with me doing that. It was a process. And now um, we just finished Seamless by Angie Smith. And it was a really great foundational study because I didn't want it to be a self-help thing or a book club. I wanted it to be a Bible study. So like we study the Bible and I prepare a little curriculum each week that I feel like God showed me. And then we do the questions from the homework and the videos are really short, like 11 minutes. So, and anyway, I'm going to do it again in the fall as of now, everyone's like, do it again. So I'm just seeing where God leads with that. That is so awesome. It is, and I've had an opportunity to talk with Lainey through this process and hear about the stories inside the Bible study, some of the amazing, really miraculous things that God's doing as far as transforming hearts. So many of these women, this is their first time to study the Bible. And um, God's had just two cr- girls, they went and bought their first Bible, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And they would tell you that. They're so proud. Sorry to interrupt you, Amy. Oh, no, not at all. And, you know, that's just, it's incredible, the the journey that, that Lainey has. I just wish we had time. We, had, we have a whole uh, next podcast for you to hear, just to hear all the amazing stories of the way that God is using her yes, her obedience, her step into leading this study. And I, I love it on so many levels. I love how Lainey's using her gifts and, and growing in that. Um, as a teacher, I love how she's well been obedient in that, but just opening her home. I know so many of us are afraid to say yes and open our homes and and to commit to things like this. But when when he's calling, look at how clear it can be. It's, he makes the way when there is no way. I just encourage all of you to be open. Just be open to things that that seem scary that you you really are being insecure in and, and right. not just humble so in. So <laughs> that's what stood out to me. I don't yeah. know if I just need to hear it or if someone yes. else needs to hear it, but don't call it humility when it's insecurity. And really all insecurities are rooted in fear, which goes back to what we were initially talking about. Just that yes. Satan wants us to be fearful. God has not given us a spirit of fear. And I think often I do that, that I'm calling it humility whenever I really 
really need to call it insecurity and say, you know what? I'm not going to put my faith in me, but I'm going to put my faith in God in me and step into it instead of honestly just being, yeah, being insecure, which is what you just said and called me out. (laughs) Yeah. Well, something else is like, I kept thinking of it wrong. I kept thinking, well, I don't want to fail. I don't want to fail. I don't want to fail. And I just feel like God said, I won't fail you. Oh, wow. You know what I mean? It's like when he calls you to something and it's really clear, whatever it is, even if it's not a Bible study, if it's one of my friends started hospice, like within the group, she felt like a calling to sit with people as they pass into death. And she said, you know, somebody's there to bring us into the world. She wants to be there when people leave the world. And I've just seen women go just stepping out in different giftings. And one woman is working with kids with incarcerated parents. I have two moms now fostering and they were fostering, but they come and get encouragement and it's just whatever he's calling you to do, God won't fail you. He yes. won't. I mean, I'm sitting up there scared out of my mind. And every week he provides a word for the women every week without fail. So anyway, I just want to encourage someone with that. You, you just step out and watch what he'll do. It's like he's, heaven is like cheering you on, you know, and I'm seeing Amen. that firsthand. So, mm. so I just want to encourage anyone. If God has something on your heart, a passion, a dream, a desire, Pray about it and just step out and watch. I mean, now these little Bible planes have been born out of it, and he just multiplies our gifts. Yeah, so. tell us about um, some of the Bible plans that you're writing for you version. Well, so those just came from kind of inspiration because I had all these notes because I would write little lessons and things that I was inspired by. And I enjoy doing it. I mean, God gives you the desires of your heart. Like I enjoy studying. I enjoy putting things together and it's a lot, it's work, but I like it. And so I had all these notes and several friends were like, you should print your notes. So I've been printing them so they can kind of follow them. And then Stephanie, actually the praise and worship leader, she's told somebody from our church named JT. And he said, you should write Bible planes if you're teaching on this stuff. And I was like, what do I do with that? And he kind of told me what to do. And just so happens my husband uh, bought a little marketing company and it's small and just a startup. And Reese was like, you should use the marketing company to do a graphic. It's like, I had all these resources. I didn't even really realize, Mm. you know? And so that's, they're helping me do a graphic. And, and this guy named Austin, I met through a friend, he um, edits him and he's awesome. His name's Austin Taylor. And Anyway, it all sort of came together. It's not like been the smoothest transition ever. Like I've had to like write them and then I'll mess them up and I don't know how to do a web page. And I mean, it's, it's a process, but, but now I'm inspired and I like will dream about titles. Like it's just inspired me and I'll go, mm-hmm. I'll hear someone say something. I'm like, oh, that'd be a good title. Oh, that'd be a good topic. It's like, I'm just thinking in those terms now. It's just funny. So I've written seven of the Bible planes and I'm going to try to do the video teaching ones because that's a new, um, a new feature. And I'm trying that n- not next week, but the next to see if that awesome. works too. Just for something, I'm just trying different things. You so know? you guys, Lainey Travis has several Bible reading plans on the YouVersion Bible app. It's free. They're like five days long. So they're short. You can do them with girlfriends. You can do plans with friends. And we also have a messy table Bible plan going on that you can also join. Amy has some on her different studies. And so there's just so many great free resources. There are. That YouVersion platform is awesome. Yeah. So don't use the excuse that you don't have time or you don't have money because really they're short and they're free. (laughs) So. Yeah. I want to point out something about Lainey's journey that really plays into everybody's journey. She talked about her background and how she was raised in the faith and had great teachers and tutors around her. And I just love that there was a season in her life where she was the one being poured into and receiving the word. And she's still doing that. She's still more than ever, probably digging in and digging in but she's digging in now to teach. There was a transition at some point where the father started calling her into this new season saying, now you are the teacher. You're not 
just the, the student. And I just wanted to point that out because I want us to all be aware and kind of leaning into the Holy Spirit's whispers when there are some obvious season changes in life. And I guess it stands out to me because it's part of my story of for years being the one that I'm receiving, I'm being poured into, I'm being discipled. But there comes a time when we transition into being the one who disciples others, who begins to mentor and pour into others. And so just be aware and mindful of how God, uh, what season you might be in. Is it time for you to be that Paul, that teacher that goes and, and pours into others? It makes me think of that verse, freely you've received, freely give. Yes. You know, like you've received it, now give it, give it out. You know, that's why you've received it. I'm, thank you for saying that, Amy. I love that. And I also think that sometimes we think, oh, well, that's for them. And yes, not, not everyone's called maybe to stand up and teach, you know, teach in front of a church. However, I would argue that we are all called to teach, whether you have kids, whether you have a small group in youth, we are all called to disciple, to mm-hmm. be discipled and to disciple. And so mm-hmm. I think if you're not stepping into that at all, it's time. Yeah. And and I love like God's a good shepherd and he shepherds us and he's always giving us somebody to shepherd. Mm-hmm. And there was a story, I told Amy this at the lake, and this is the weirdest story, but this truly happened to me. I was just outside praying and I would like at work extra hard when I'm teaching it because I want to make sure I'm doing it right. So it's like, I'm learning more than anyone, but I'm out there and I was looking in the clouds and this sounds so crazy, but this really happened. I was looking at the sky, just kind of praying and I thought I saw a lamb cloud. It looked like a little lamb in the sky. And I was like, that looks like a little lamb cloud. I mean, it's like running across the sky. And I looked down at my Bible, I kid you not. And this doesn't always happen. I'm just telling you these things that are cool that have happened. And it was at John 21, 15, feed my lambs in red. And I was like, whoa. And I feel like that was just a multiple message of feed the children God's put under me, you know, what neighbors are in my community, what people I encounter, the women in the Bible study. He just wants us to feed the lambs that he's given us just as he feeds us, Mm -hmm. whether that's encouraging or cooking a meal or singing, whatever your gift is. He just Mm -hmm. wants us to feed our communities like he feeds us. So kind of goes along with that. So good. So, so good. All right. Well, other than your Bible plans, what other resources do you have that you'd want to share with us? Maybe books, sermons, podcasts? Whatever. Well, I which I wrote down some podcasts I just like to listen to here and there. I love everything Beth Moore. Like I go to that L Living Proof and listen to her TV and her podcast. I love her teaching. I love Craig's leadership podcast, and I apply it to my family life mm-hmm. and just how I structure my life and my view as a leadership as a, as a leader. I love his leadership podcast, and I'm under his sermons every week at church, which I just love. I love Joyce Meyer. I love um, our life group right now is studying Andy Stanley, and it's a study called Boundaries. And I highly recommend that for married groups. I mean, even if you've been a Bible studies forever, it's just such great reminders. And we've really gotten a lot out of that. I love Stephen Furtick. I love Priscilla Schreier. I listen to Timothy Keller sometimes. I love him. I love Christine Kane. She's just such a motivator. Mm -hmm. And of course, Messy Table. (laughs) I've been listening to yours. I love it. Some books that I really enjoy. I love Swipe Right by Levi Lesko. I just think his style, he's so funny, and it's just a quick read, and I, I got a lot out of it. This has been around for a while, but it's great for moms. The Best Yes by Lisa Turkhurst. And I love Switch on Your Brain by Dr. Caroline Leaf. It's, mm-hmm. so, it's really deep, but it just gives you insights of your mind because we talked about our minds. And I love So Long Insecurity by Beth Moore. I just think that's great for every woman. And I just recently read The Rock, the Road, and the Rabbi by Kathy Lee Gifford. Mm. And I just read it so quick. It was 
awesome. And it was just so much history and it was just awesome. I mean, it's just a rich book. Um, a classic is Mere Christianity by C.S. Lewis. And every now and then I'll just pull out this little book by Ruth Bell Graham called It's My Turn. And it just has little stories and poems and it's like a journal of her motherhood. And I don't know why. It just like brings me so much peace because she's so honest about she little stories is. about her kids and mm-hmm. what she prays for. I was just reading a book that I picked up at the library by her. And you know, when some days you might be having just a hard day, a hard maybe parenting day. And she was talking about how she doesn't know what to do. These kids won't behave. They're mouthing off. They're not listening. And she, all she can do is go to the pantry and eat chocolate. <laughs> and I just was like, yes, and it's the, true. You end up loving her. And then I she just, came like, smile. But, yeah. But she came back to you, but God, you are going to get me through this and we're going to keep going. And I just, <laughs> it made me so happy. It's like a book. You just, when you read it, you just smile for a mom. You're like, okay, I, I love her. And then just some like fun books. I love like historical fiction and Christian fiction. I love all of Francine Rivers because I love romance and all that. And she's, it's a Christian version and I love it. And I just read these two books that my friend told me about by Tessa Afshar called Harvest of Rubies and Harvest of Gold. And it's like biblical stories and it's, it's really good. Anyway, just for fun reading, just stories. So those are some things. I just kind of listen to everything and I love to read. So I'll read, I'll read everything. Hey, one thing I was going to ask you that I just remembered about was you and your husband recently went up to D.C. to Museum of the Bible. What was like one of your biggest takeaways? You know what? I loved that. There were tons of Jewish people there, which I thought was so cool. And it just draws in all sorts of crowds. And I don't even know that we went back twice. It was so overwhelming and so awesome to see the scrolls Mm. and just how the Bible is I mean, it's just been preserved. The Word of God's been preserved for years and years and years and years. And people suffered so much to keep it alive. And it showed like what the burnt, like people burned at stake and interpreting it into a language, into English and all the things that men suffered for to keep the Bible preserved. And in its original text, it's, I don't, it's powerful to go and to see. And it talks about how it affects every area of your life how it affects science, how it affects the arts, how it affects business, how it affects languages. It kind of gives you little illustrations at each station of how the Bible's played into the law. It's just fascinating. We loved it. It was awesome. I highly recommend going. I want to go. And I want to take my kids because there's a great kid area too. It makes me want to go to Israel. And it's like has like pictures of Israel and old artifacts. And Girl, that's like on my bucket list. I want to go to Israel so bad. That's my one thing. Let's go together. Okay. <laughs> I'm dying to go. I'm serious. <laughs> These are the bucket list recommendations here. Museum, Bible Museum. Bible and Museum. Israel. And Israel. Israel. <laughs> yes. Yes. And a two-visit trip to the Bible Museum because it is... There's so much to see. And I went to the small version when they just had it touring. That's right. And there was so much to see. I should have gone through it twice. And the U version, it has a whole room for that. And it's just lighting up like the most downloaded Bible verses and just all these facts about the U version Bible and how it's spreading all over everywhere. And it's amazing. I mean, it's just Uh, amazing. You can't even describe it. It's a really amazing time in history to live. And we often don't think about it because it's normal to us, but to even just have Mm -hmm. the access that we do to the whole world and, or, or the fact that the whole world has access to scripture. It really is awesome. So, Mm. well, do you have a final word of encouragement or advice that you just want everybody to know? I guess to sum it up, it's whatever is in your heart to do, 
just step out in faith and seek God and He won't fail you. Wherever He's leading you, ask Him for opportunities to serve Him. Ask Him to show you His gifts that He's given you and go use them and be a light in your community. And don't be afraid. He'll meet you right where you are. And in Ephesians 3, 20, 21, it says, Now to Him who is able to do immeasurably more than we can ask or imagine according to His power that is at work within us, to Him be the glory in the church and in Jesus Christ through all generations forever. Amen. And He'll do immeasurably more than you can ask or imagine when you just put your faith in Him. Bring Him what you have and He'll multiply it. That's so good. Amen. Well, thank you for sharing your heart, sharing your wisdom, and everybody go do her, what are they called? (laughs) Your Bible Bible plans. plans. Yes. (laughs) Bible plans. Look them up. Thank you, girls. Thank you. I hope your kids feel better. Oh, me too. Me too. Well, they didn't come in the whole time that we were doing this, and so I think they're at least not puking. Hopefully. Well, I want to leave you with a beautiful verse from the Old Testament. Isaiah 40 is prophesying about a coming Savior and Messiah. Verse 11 says, He will feed his flock like a shepherd. He will carry the lambs in his arms, holding them close to his heart. And he will gently lead the mother sheep with their young. You guys, we are imperfect women and imperfect parents. We are fallible humans, but the Word of God is infallible. We weren't meant to do life alone, which is why Jesus sent His Spirit, the Holy Spirit, to help us and guide us and comfort us when things get tough. If you don't know where to turn, turn to Him. It doesn't take fancy language or specific words. Simply cry out to Him and tell Him what you need. Jesus says, when you seek me, you will find me. Once again, I want to thank Lainey for using her voice to speak truth and give us all a little more confidence in our God. If you haven't already, you can subscribe for free in iTunes, Google Play, or Stitcher, as well as follow the messy table on Instagram. And be sure to check out the free reading plans we referenced. I'll link them up in the conversation notes at ginjul.com. And that's it. We want you to know that we're thankful for you. We're cheering you on. And no matter how crazy your life gets, God is at work in the mess.